0: hello welcome to way too seriously the podcast where we watch kids movies and then take them way too seriously i'm paul moffitt i'm jan Moffat, and it's been a while because of christmas so let's see if we still even remember how to podcast Tweet-tweet. do you think you do
1: Yes, but and this is airing, like, way after we're recording it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I
0: forgot. This is the first podcast we're recording after Christmas, but it's going to be, like, April or something by the no, time you it'll hear it. will be, like, February, I think. <laughs> well, anyway. Anyway. This week we watched and we'll be talking about the 20-something <laughs> movie.
1: You just say "bay" and I say the other than
0: gear. See, I've forgotten how to podcast. You've forgotten how to podcast. This... Week, we watched and will be talking about Babe. Babe. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this movie, Babe? (laughs) We already know from our
1: other podcast that you hate when couples call each other Babe, so
0: you're not going to call me Babe. (laughs) I really do quite a lot. (laughs) Because Babe is a pig. Exactly. Babe. Tell us
1: about this movie. All right. (laughs) Babe is a 1995 movie uh, released by Universal Pictures. It's directed by Chris Noonan based on the novel by Dick King Smith called The Sheep Pig. It stars James Cromwell and Magna Zubinsky, as well as the voice actress uh, actors Christine Kavanaugh, Hugo Weaving, Miriam Flynn, Miriam Margulies, I don't know how to pronounce that, anyway, and a few others. It has both human actors and live animals and animatronic animals intermixed with each other fairly seamlessly. Yeah, agreed. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the plot of
0: Babe. Babe is a young pig who ends up on the Hoggett Sheep Farm. He's he's adopted by the sheepdog mom, Fly, raised among her puppies, and eventually learns to be a sheep pig himself. And wins a contest. A sheepdog contest by being such a good Mm sheepdog pig. Sheep pig. Yeah, that's basically the plot. I mean... Yeah, there
1: are various adventures on the farm.
0: But basically, he's on the farm, he learns to be a sheep pig, and therefore doesn't get eaten. And that'll do, pig.
1: (laughs) That'll do, pig.
0: (laughs) So, let's start, as we usually do, by being as objective as we can about the craft that went into this movie, like, how good of a job is everybody involved doing? And do you want to start with acting?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, James Cromwell, to me, will always be this character. When I see him, he's in so many, so many things. Agree. But I see him as, always, as Farmer Hoggett. And he does the great, like, s- silent-type farmer... Rough around the edges with a soft heart character yeah. really well. He expresses so much in those facial expressions. And then his wife, uh, <laughs> Mrs. Hoggett, is so, like, her voice is just hilarious. And so, like, and I, can't, I can't even impersonate it, but she does a great job Agree. Well.
0: The two main humans, mm-hmm. uh, Farmer Hoggett and Mrs. Hoggett, are both extremely compelling and -hmm. and attractive as characters. Yeah, exactly. If I love James Cromwell as an actor, it is because of this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He is so compelling and charming in this movie that no matter what else he's in, I will always have affection for him as this character. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, Magda Subinsky, I don't know that she's been in anything else that I recognize her from. No, not a lot. But she's also extremely likable and charming in this role. Mm -hmm. Like very... Uh, not nearly as much Uh, range and yes. emotion is demanded of her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Barely any, yeah. really. She's a comic relief character, but she does it very well. Yeah, absolutely. How about the voice actors? The voice
1: actors. I uh, looked it up as we were watching it to see who was Babe, who played the voice of Babe. And it's Christine Cavanaugh, I believe her name is. And she has done tons of, she's done voice and, and live action, but she's done tons of voice, lots of things you'd recognize. She was Chucky in Rugrats. Okay. She was in... Yeah, I can Dark, see it. Yeah. She was in Darkwing Duck. She was in, she's just in a lot of roles of things you'd recognize. She's one of these versatile people. And so I think that her voice is perfect for Babe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't imagine any anyone else, any other voice doing that. It's a, uh, it's childlike, but also, uh, I don't know. It's pig-like. I don't know why it's pig-like. It's just so innocent.
0: Yeah, she and plays, child,
1: and plays it so childlike, and she sweet. plays
0: Babe so innocent, and mm-hmm. it's key to the charm of this movie. Yeah, like if there was any guile in babe's voice at all yeah the movie would not work
1: or any grading thing like
0: anything grading or anything like she has to be she can't she couldn't be too sweet mm -hmm. to make her unlike cutesy yeah she's plays her so she plays babe so innocent and so vulnerable Mm -hmm. absolutely i i think she does a really good job too
1: the actress who plays fly is also uh professor sprout in harry potter oh really that actress okay and so uh she does great job she's very uh maternal she Mm -hmm. i feel like in that in that role and the male dog rex is uh hugo weaving
0: which if you add this to the matrix lord of the rings and v for vendetta it's like finishes off him as the science fiction being in everything
1: (laughs) is babe a science
0: fiction movie of course it is animals don't talk (laughs) Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they've been experimented on. You saw how Farmer Hoggett does, like, things with his contraptions, like the gate. They drew attention to how he fixed up that gate.
1: Uh, and then
0: somehow he does and something some- and the animals on his farm can talk. I'm just saying. The other, the sheep that aren't on his farm talk. Not at first. Not at first, it's true.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, you are saying Hugo he, Weaving? Hugo Weaving, he does a great job as uh, Rex. As he I mean, always does, like you know, man. He's just,
1: yeah, he disappears into a role.
0: Yeah. And he would it's... not, or I would not have known that it was Hugo Weaving no, at I mean, all. He
1: doesn't sound like The Matrix. He doesn't sound like Elrond. He sounds just
0: like a dog. I don't know. <laughs> he maybe sounds most like V. The... Yeah. Of any of them. Mm-hmm. But not a lot like anyone. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway, yeah, the acting, the voice acting is all really well done. Let's say a word about like the animals slash animatronics of this. You know, this is 1995. This is quite a long time ago. Yeah, and it's really good. And I think it's maybe because it's not computer animated. Agreed. It's uh, it's puppetry that makes them talk,
0: and it's really good puppetry. You said earlier that the mix of real animals and animatronics was seamless, and I. Wanna just say that again. Yeah. Like I couldn't tell when it's a puppet and when it's a I mean obviously no. when the mouths are moving that's a puppet, but other than that, I feel like the duck was almost always a puppet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. But like anytime you couldn't see its feet. Yeah. But I don't know even why I'm saying that. Mm hmm. And like yeah, the the animatronics and the puppetry was so well done.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was really well done. And like I kind of, I've seen this movie, you know, a half dozen times, and I hadn't really thought about how they made the animals talk. Because I think of it as something like The Incredible Journey or Milo and Otis, where like they just kind of talk as voiceover.
0: But in this, the
1: the animals actually move their mouths. Yeah.
0: And I think of, I can't help but compare this to Charlotte's Web, which I think we Mm. will more than once. uh, Yeah. Because it's a lot like Charlotte's Web yeah, in story. It's other, it's uh the other pig movie. But we watched the most recent Charlotte's Web movie with Dakota Fanning as Fern. Mm-hmm. And we might one day talk about it on Way Too Seriously. We might not. I don't have really any desire to ever watch it again. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But just to compare that, that was quite a bit later. yeah. And the animals were much less convincing. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. That might be as much as we need to say about Charlotte's Web Mm -hmm. movie.
1: Anything else you want to talk about in terms of objective goodness in this movie?
0: I want to just mention before we move on, uh, I think I'll bring it up again under the heading of how much you enjoyed it, but the music. Mm. The music is basically repeating the same theme all the way through the entire movie, and it's the, The the lullaby... that Farmer Hoggett sings to Babe. Uh, and it's really good. Mm-hmm. Like it's just I love that, that performance is great and moving and that moment is moving. And we'll talk about that. I think I want to talk about it just in terms of my feelings about it. But in terms of an objective judgment of the quality of movie of the craft, like that is a solid melody. Mm-hmm that does not get repetitive, even though they play it over and over and over through the whole movie. I was paying attention this time to it. Uh, It's very, like, it's a really solid tune. Mm -hmm. And then the, maybe this uh, should go in the how much you enjoyed it, but I'm just going to pop it in here. The mice, the singing mice Mm -hmm. and the separating it into kind of acts Mm -hmm. was, I think, very well done also and just in the context of music when the mice come in and they sing little snippets of songs that was yeah. also the kind of thing that could easily be annoying chipmunky mice yeah. but i didn't yeah i don't think it was annoying and i think it was because it was skillfully done
1: yeah yeah the dividing it into into sections was skillfully done as well and kind of keeps the attention of younger kids like our youngest it helped her kind of focus a bit on the movie a bit
0: so Apart from the objective judgment of the quality of the craft, Mm -hmm. how much did you enjoy Babe?
1: Quite a lot. This is one of my favorites. I love Babe. Me too. It's a... Yeah. I've seen it, like I said, a half dozen times at least. I definitely saw it long before I had kids. Yeah, me too. And used to sing this lullaby to our kids when they were babies. Yeah. Um. Just now, our daughter called me in for, to sing her a lullaby, and I said, can I sing the one from Babe? And she said, no. I'm Aww. sad about that, because I kind of wanted to. <laughs> but
0: I definitely, we both it. used to sing it to them when yeah. they were Babe in Arms.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think our, I had a camp counselor who sang to us, you know, for kind of for fun at nighttime, and this is one of the ones she sang.
0: And I liked it then. I had, can I say... When I was in high school, a friend of mine uh, and I, kind of in the way that, I don't know, maybe not everyone does, but we tried to start a band together, Mm -hmm. even though neither of us were really very good at our instruments. (laughs) And then we tried to, like, start an imaginary band where, like, we would record it all and then animate it all, make music videos with animated fictional characters. And the one of the first songs we tried to do was like a punk rock version of this song.
1: <laughs> That's funny.
0: And then it, it was, I had the whole vision of it was, of the music video was like uh, the drummer would come in first. There would just be a drum kit and the drummer would be animated and come in and start playing. And as he played, like the whole world would get made around and they'd be playing like cool. this song. This song. There you go. So we've
1: got both got a long history with this movie. Yeah. I've always liked it. I've always... Uh, yeah, like I said, James Cromwell, it holds a place in my heart because of this movie. And it's just... It's cute. It's fun. It's... One of these ones, like we talked about Paddington before, I think, it's really a family movie. Yeah, Some of the ones we watch are more aimed at adult, adults. Some of them are more aimed at kids. But this one is very much... You sit down with your family and you can, everyone can get something out of this. Everyone can enjoy it.
0: I like movies like that. We talked about the separating it into sections in terms of the skill, but I'm going to bring it up again here to say I just love that. Mm-hmm. It's it, feel, such... it
1: feels like a storybook.
0: Yeah. It was not... I didn't know until this watch that it was based on a book, mm-hmm. but I'm not at all surprised because it feels like those must be the chapters, or if they're not the chapters, they reproduce the feeling of... chapters yeah and the but not just dividing into sections like the dividing into sections and the mice saying it and then the spotlight zooming in on the mice is one of the most memorable things about this movie it's Mm -hmm. so idiosyncratic and bizarre Mm -hmm. in the best way like it's not imitating anything else I think a lot about this story was imitating Charlotte's Web.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: But the movie in its approach to being a movie, I don't feel like it's imitating anything. Mm-hmm. It's so weird mm-hmm. in the very best way.
1: Yeah, I, agree. I can see that. Yeah. And the
0: mice is one of the most weird things. I mean, it's
1: tale esque with the,
0: yeah, like it's a book. But they're not... It doesn't do the imitation of a Disney movie where no, it, it zooms open. in on a book that opens. Nope. And the why are the mice reading out the title cards? And why are the oh, mice no. sometimes it's... singing in between? <laughs> the, like, that makes no sense. But I love it because <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah, it's true. It's true. They're just cute. Yeah. <laughs> cute and there's hilarious. A, there's a
1: lot of things that make me laugh in this movie, a lot. and like, And then make me kind of cry, too. But, I mean, it's the relationship between the the husband and wife and it's very stereotypical but it's also like he's just so reminds me of old farmers that I know and I grew up around farms and just that
0: yeah, Taciturn. That
1: taciturn exactly that kind of a man just and it cracks me up that he's like they're like, Yay yeah, you won the pig and he's like Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. He's like, <laughs> oh And, like, doesn't have to say anything. He doesn't even say hello when he answers the phone. He just picks up the phone and they start talking and all he says is, oh, (laughs) like, you won the pig.
0: (laughs) And he's so, like, James, to come back again to James Cromwell's performance that, like, he has very few lines, but he gives such a nuanced and charming performance. Mm -hmm. He, you have to, for this character, because he speaks so little, but you have so much of a sense of what is going on in Farmer Hoggett's mind the whole movie. Yeah, exactly. Always know what he's thinking and he doesn't have to say anything and Mm -hmm. it's very, very well-directed, well-acted, well-conceived and just plain, like, he's so lovable. Mm Mm-hmm, exactly. And she is, too.
1: Yeah, she is, too, Which is a a
0: bullet that they dodged because it would be, I think, a lot of lesser movies would make, like, the quiet strong silent type man and the wife who chats who talks his ear off and is annoying for mm-hmm. it yeah and they did not do that at all she is also extremely charming and extremely likable
1: she's, she's somewhat annoying she's, yeah. <laughs> on the, she's, so she's hilarious she's she's a, she's a bit annoying
0: <laughs> but oh uh, no i love most,
1: her mostly she's
0: good I love her. You love her. I love her. <laughs> and she's like, of course, pork is a nice sweet meat. And When she wakes up in the morning with the alarm clock, <laughs> and she's like, oh, I was worried that it might have a harsh tone, but that's quite a nice musical ring, don't you think? <laughs> I, l- I love her so much. <laughs>
1: you wouldn't be happy if I did that in the morning. I would. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I would love it if you did that in the morning. <laughs> and she, like, whacked
0: him. Wake up! <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasant way to wake up, and she hits him. Yeah. I'm, don't pretend, you usually wake up earlier these days, but mm-hmm. I am way more chipper in the morning than you are. That
1: is true. Anything else? Highlights? I think, like we've already said, the highlights to me are Farmer Hoggett himself the the story, the plot mm-hmm. are just it's well it's a well crafted little
0: story, and for me all like the two human characters and Babe mm-hmm. are also very endearing, mm-hmm. uh, and the music, the song, the favorite scenes. I mean, they're scenes that are memorable for good, good reason. Are Farmer Hoggett saying to the pig, mm-hmm. and that'll do, pig.
1: That'll do, pig.
0: Like, I watched mm-hmm. the whole movie, and I will have to get into a little bit in our next section, in our Way Too Seriously section why, but like, that'll do, pig, Got brought tears to my eyes. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? So. Lowlights? Oh. <sighs> Lowlights, in terms of my enjoyment or of the quality of the movie, are really hard to name i mm-hmm. liked it a lot there are some way too seriously low lights yeah but in terms of like
1: i'm not sure movie? i can
0: i can think of any
1: Hmm. i find it's hard to watch animals get hurt and so mm. when ma when ma dies it's that's, a little like that's rough it's rough and when uh, rex gets like sedated yeah. Is rough. But I don't think it's a low light,
0: that's just a no, sad part. No. In fact, I hope that in the Way Too this section, we'll talk a bit about, about Rex's sadness in this movie, because I think it's important. I would not want it to not exist.
1: Well, let's get into it then. Let's get into the Way, Way Too, 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 too Seriously
0: part of our show. <laughs> let's. Will we start with the problematics and then talk about big theme second, or will sure. we? Sure. <laughs> So, there's something I noticed that I want to bring up in the context of taking this movie way too seriously, and I know you noticed it too. mm mm-hmm. And it is, there's one point where Farmer Hoggett's wife is measuring Babe to see uh, how big he is and whether they're gonna eat him and how delicious he will be. And they call him a
1: him throughout the movie. They call
0: Babe a him throughout the movie. That's not just me guessing. Mm-hmm. And I paid attention after this scene because I wondered whether they just always called it the pig, Babe. But no, they call him, he is a pig. So Babe, the character, is a pig. But when they turn that piglet upside down and measure it, that is a young sow. Yeah. So the animal is female.
1: It's female. It's the got voice. Te- it's got teats.
0: It's <laughs> got teats. The animal is female. The voice, the voice acts- is female. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't Babe be... A female pig? I'm not
1: sure. It's a bit weird. I mean, the voice is done by a female, but it's the standard of a woman doing a young man, a young boy's voice. Yes. So he's meant to be a young boy.
0: Yeah, and that's fine. Like, it's not like. Uh... I think it's
1: just a mis. We could read into it, and we will, because that's what we do. But I think it was literally a production error that they had their live pig that they had for that scene was female
0: and they didn't and they didn't really think about about it or notice it
1: but the reason they didn't think about that is because they don't think about things like that they don't think about the fact that people might notice that and that that the default is male
0: right that's exactly what uh i was going to say about I totally agree. It was a production error. They didn't notice. They didn't think about it. They didn't consider whether this was a male piglet or a female piglet. They also didn't think about whether the character should be male or female because all characters are male unless there is a plot-related reason for them not to be. Mm-hmm. And so you pick up a pig. You assume it's male. You don't even think. It doesn't even cross your mind to wonder whether it's male or female. It's male unless there's a reason for it not to be. Yeah, That's a problem. Mm-hmm. And I think that... very revealing that like this is clearly a female pig yeah uh it makes me think of there was a cartoon from when i was a little too old for cartoons and our kids were a little too young for cartoons home on the range where there's a cow yep who is a cow and has teeth? has an utter but isn't a bull it's a cow and like
1: It's never addressed,
0: and it's part... I
1: feel like it's voiced by, like, Chris Rock or something like that.
0: Yeah, some very, like, manly, some very bro-ish voice. Yeah. Uh, And that's another classic example of, like, it's partly the joke, haha, but it's also partly, we wanted there to be a cow. It couldn't be a female cow because we didn't want a chick. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Like we didn't want a bull. we didn't want a woman actor, so we just made the cow a boy. yep and this is exactly not exactly, but this is a very similar kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm sure babe is uh, explicitly male in the book. yep so they didn't change it. Why is babe male in the book? Because everyone's male. yep why is Stuart little a boy? Yeah Mouse. Because...
1: Why is Wilbur a male pig? Why is...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone's male unless there's a reason for them not to be.
1: Yeah. The sheeps are all ewes, which they should be. They're all voiced by women and clearly women, which is good. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you would only have one ram.
0: Yeah. Like, there's some... There's clearly some... uh, animal husbandry uh, knowledge and advice that went into this oh, movie.
1: yeah. This is definitely... They know mostly what they're talking about in terms of farming.
0: But it's still, like... So I don't really give them much credit for the sheep being female because, yeah, they would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess they could have really been blatantly sexist and made the sheep male in the same everyone's male unless there's a reason to be and they mm-hmm. didn't mm-hmm. but that seems like a stupidly low bar yeah yeah so that's a problem and then in terms of female representation in this movie i don't think it passes the bechdel test they don't talk to each other uh
1: the mother and daughter talk to each other
0: about a fax machine about a fax machine the daughter does not have a name
1: no, she does not have a name. You're right.
0: I looked it up, and she is the Hoggett's daughter. Yep. the Hoggett's daughter, the Hoggett's son-in-law, the Hoggett's yep. granddaughter, uh, and Mrs. Hoggett has, which we'll count that as a name, Mm-hmm. Uh, even though that no, geni- she has no, a first she name. has a first, name. She has you're first right, name. You're right. It's like
1: Edith or something.
0: Anyway, she has all these friends, mm-hmm. but they don't have names. They don't
1: have names. You're right.
0: So they talk about farm. I mean, like. They basically only talk about him. Mm-hmm. You could maybe be really generous and say they talk about the sheepdog competition. Mm-hmm. Except that they don't have names. so They don't have
1: names. You're right.
0: So And there's Fly, mm-hmm. who talks to the female sheep about Babe. Yeah. So it doesn't pass the Bechdel test. There are a few female actors, Yeah. Uh, but none of the female characters talk to each other. Yeah, good point. Yeah. In terms of, and then, I mean, like, this is becoming really boring uh, part of our show. In terms of race, everyone is white and portrayed and yep. voiced by white people.
1: The narrator is a black man.
0: There you go. I can't remember his name. I should look that up, but I okay. didn't. Well, that's something. That's something. It's a pretty small something, but it is a something. Yep. Um, in terms of sexuality, I like that there isn't a romantic subplot at all. Yeah,
1: not at all. Nope.
0: Like, the closest there is to a romantic subplot is that Fly and Rex are breeding dogs. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I even liked that they kind of have Fly and Rex as a pseudo-married relationship, Mm -hmm. which is a thing that happens a lot of times with, uh... Humanizing animals, so they humanize, uh, they apply the social structure of a heteronormative relationship onto animals, uh, which they don't necessarily follow. Often animals don't, some animals do. But there was an interesting moment of kind of undermining that when they, when the farmer talks about Rex as a breeding dog. So that their relationship gets nuanced and complicated in kind of pleasingly complicated ways that it's re-animalized as like they are a breeding pair Mm -hmm. who aren't necessarily like presenting a unified face as uh, husband and wife.
1: Except at the very end when the, when Babe wins the competition they show the crowd and the two of them are like licking each other all over. They're basically making out. Oh, that's true. So they do have, like, they're reconciled and love each other. So there is that there. You're right, actually. But for the majority of the movie, they're not. And, like, Rex couldn't care less when the puppies get adopted. Yeah. and she, But Fly is really distraught.
0: And they don't push too hard to, like, because you know what dads are like. Like, they don't have any of that transferring that into making assumptions about human relationships Mm -hmm. with their kids or each other.
1: These these animals are fairly animal.
0: Yeah, and I like that. Mm -hmm. Are we done talking about the problematic elements for now? Or at all? Is there anything else in terms of, like...
1: The problematic elements for me come from, despite the fact that all we talked about, about how much we love... uh, Mr. and Mrs. Hoggett, and uh, how much how fun they are. They're very, very stereotypical. That's true. To have a you know the strong silent type male and the woman the hen pecked the hen pecked man and the hen woman who like won't stop talking, and it's so very there's true. some deeply stereotypical things about that, and. They have, you know, their child and their grandchildren, their grandchild is a total brat and, and the grandchild that is a total brat is a girl.
0: And that, that's a good point. And it's especially troubling because of how few, except no, I'm going to say because of how few female characters there are, but there's actually tons of female characters who have mm-hmm. a small role as that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. What to make of that exactly?
1: I guess I mean it's supposed it's supposed to express and does express how old fashioned yes. the farmer is, and how uh, how farming life is old fashioned and the modern world is out of his grasp, mm-hmm. and him doing him having the pig do this thing is almost like him embracing the modern world of, like, what if I twisted something traditional?
0: Yeah, so let's talk a bit about that, uh, because one of, as I see it, there are two major themes in this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first one is about tradition and convention and uh, innovation. Yeah. And that plays out in a few ways. And one is the daughter and son-in-law bring them a fax machine mm-hmm. and they keep like, what's this doing? And then the uh, Mrs. Hoggett is the one who's like, well, can't
1: you just have it?
0: Yeah, like, don't you not need it? Thing, yeah. Like, Yes, we have one. That's why we want you to have one. Uh, he uses the fax machine to fax in his application for the sheepdog he competition. Yeah. And I agree that child being a super brat is, I think you put your finger on it, that she represents like the younger generation is incomprehensible to him and also doesn't comprehend him, Well, them. he,
1: to be clear, what happens is he spends the majority of the movie constructing this dollhouse, constructing this tiny house, and it's beautiful, and she opens it, this like, you know, six, seven-year-old girl opens it and screams that it's not the one from the commercial.
0: So like and, why
1: and you instantly hate her because you love Farmer Hoggett and you saw how
0: much work he put into it. So like why have that in the movie? And I think you already have answered that that yeah. it's about a generational alienation. Yeah. So she is modern and she wants what she sees on TV, and he carefully makes things by hand. Mm-hmm. And those are ships in the night. They d- yeah. don't understand each other, except that that's softened even a little bit. By his reaction to her being like, I don't want it. Do you remember what it was? He does barely anything. He just smiles. Smiles. And uh, as we have said, he does a lot, James Cromwell, there's a lot of acting with his face. Mm-hmm. There was an opportunity for him to be like, the younger generation doesn't yeah, appreciate Or, or even defeated Like, oh, she didn't love the thing I made. Mm -hmm. He could have been sad sack. He could have been angry, but he's kind of indulgent smile, affectionate smile even. Yeah, And in that same conversation, before I go on, in that same context, that same visit from the daughter and son-in-law, the son-in-law makes... real emphasis on how old-fashioned the farm is, yeah. their expenditures are more than their income, he still drives a horse and buggy, he needs to modernize mm-hmm. and get more efficient. Yeah. And he kind of gives the same indulgent smile to that. Yeah. But the moment with the dollhouse that isn't appreciated and Farmer Hoggett's smile about it, I think really places the flaw in the modern world. Mm. Yes, Absolutely. Even if the like the movie does in all kinds of ways, but that moment really, I think, puts a focus on he's not the one who's wrong. Mm-hmm. He's not wrong for not keeping up with the modern world. Yeah.
1: And he's innovative in other ways, is what it really shows, is that they want to, you know, he's not modern, but he is making a fancy gate. He is he's making Babe a sheep pig. He's open to that idea of thinking outside the box, kind of. And that's
0: exactly what I was going to drive at next, is that a simpler movie would have kept it that simple. Mm -hmm. He's old-fashioned, he drives a horse and buggy, he doesn't want change, the new world is bad, maybe he learns to change, maybe he doesn't. But this movie, he is very innovative, and it shows us that everything from him building that uh, dollhouse is innovative Mm -hmm, to what you said about the gate early on in the movie, the gate slams and he he frowns at it and then he builds a contraption to open the gate automatically for him to like, the main plot of he sees a, do- a pig that can be a sheepdog and he, so he uses it as a sheepdog because when he, he is not, he's very clearly and explicitly not stuck in tradition, not mm-hmm. stuck in doing things just because it's the conventional way. Yep. So what is the... Position of the what is the movie saying about tradition and convention and old fashioned and new fashioned because it's not as simple as it might be.
1: I think it's not about change for the sake of change. It's about it's about uh, choosing the right way, choosing to do things that make sense, choosing to uh, embrace new ways of being, not just because they're new, but because they are. Right, or they are, they are helpful, or they are. Just, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that is necessarily. I'm, th- I'm just, I'm taking the metaphor of Babe as a sheepdog into like anyone can do anything they want.
0: Yeah, social mobility kind of, and yeah, and that kind of thing. I mean, in real life, we should say farmers are by necessity have to be very practical, and mm-hmm. so there aren't any farmers who are stuck to traditional ways because they're traditional.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All farmers innovate their farming techniques because farmers just have to be practical. Because they need to make money from their farm. So, like, he uses a horse and buggy. Well, that doesn't happen.
1: (laughs) No, no. And I mean, when does this movie take place? It's, a fax machine is new, and so it's kind of like the mid-80s. Yeah. Mid to late 80s.
0: But just, uh, my point was... Especially that, so the ways that he's old-fashioned and the way that he's not old-fashioned are all deliberately thematic rather than aiming at any kind of realism. Mm-hmm. Is just what I was drawing attention to. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right that it's about not change for change's sake, not innovation for innovation's sake. It's about trying to find some kind of balance. It's interesting that the kids... His kids give him the fax machine and he uses it. Yeah, that's right. He does. And it, even, like, and we might say that Mrs. Hoggett is more stuck in the past because she's like, what's this newfangled thing? But she's the one who buys the alarm clock. Mm-hmm. Because an elec- electronic rooster. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, she's also recognizing things and willing to try new things. She's not stuck in the past uh, thoughtlessly either. Yeah. It's just all complex and interesting Mm -hmm. the other big theme i noticed i want to talk a little bit about is kind of connected but is the idea of being true to yourself of being who you Mm. are or not who you are or what society expects of you or not being or
1: even destiny there's a lot of destiny destiny in
0: this there's a real moment where rex the dog is talking to the whole barn and he says like this goose or this duck that wants to be a rooster, if you see him again, tell him that he should be a duck mm-hmm. because he should be what he is. Yeah. And the thrust of the movie is very much, no, you don't have to be what you are. Yeah. What do we make of that? Hmm. You You th- clearly have thoughts. I do have thoughts. I'm not sure how best to articulate hmm. them. Well...
1: There is, in some ways, you hear that and you're like, yeah, you can be whatever you want. In other ways, in terms of actual farm animals, (laughs) they do each have to have a role. They can't just, like, be whatever they want to be. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I think that there's a really, um, I think that there is a really pleasing and uh, a theme that I really like to not being... Uh, constrained by tradition, by what always has been, because that's the way things are. Mm -hmm. One of the sections is even called That's Just the Way Things Are. And this is a movie really about how the way things are is not how they have to be. Mm -hmm. You can change things just because you want to. You can change things because you want to see things differently. And that's scary and people resist it, but the movie is in favor of it. There's also this The Way Things Are... Throughout the movie, there's this real stratification between the animals. So the dogs think the sheep are stupid. Mm-hmm. The sheep think the dogs are vicious. Yep. They're both kind of right and they're both kind of wrong. Yeah. And Babe bridges this gap between them. And part of what Babe does in the movie is to like follow his destiny and be a sheep pig because he can be a sheep pig. But also part of what he does is recognize and... and interact with all these different animals on their own terms and mm-hmm. in so doing, allow them to connect to each other in ways that they couldn't have imagined. Yeah, Everything from the duck, mm-hmm. who wants to be a rooster and explains how, and Babe like, becomes his friend and no one else is, and he kind of brings Ferdinand the duck into friendship with the other farm animals. Yep. To, at, by the end of the movie, the dog, Fly, and Rex both are talking to the sheep. Yeah. In ways that they never have before. Yep. So, like, social convention, I think, much more than technological innovation, Mm -hmm. is what we want to reject prescribed social convention.
1: Yeah, that's very true. That it's not just about your role, it's about convention and your role with each other. Yeah. And your relationships.
0: I really like the way, early in the movie, the sheep says that All wolves are vicious, Mm -hmm. by which she means dogs. And Babe thinks about whether Fly really could be vicious. And then Fly comes home from working in the fields and like licks him and cuddles him. And he thinks, no, she's not vicious. And the narrator says he something about... The old sheep had to be wrong about Fly. And the pig promised himself that he would never think badly of any creature ever again. And then we see that through the rest of the movie, that he uh, consciously chooses to think the best of everyone all the time. Mm
1: -hmm. To his benefit and to his credit that he does that. And that is what gives him so much charm and so much... uh, He gets to do what he wants to do in the end because of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because of his respect for the sheep and respect for the dogs. and... And then I also like a lot how the dogs and the sheep both... Distrust and dislike each other because of prejudice, but that prejudice is also not unfounded. It's both untrue and founded on their experience, Mm -hmm. which is much more what happens with prejudice. Prejudice ends up getting reinforced by your behavior, by how you approach a situation, and then it gets... You know, you can point to examples of how your prejudices seem to be reinforced by the world because people get, and people get socialized and then they react in ways. So, specifically, Fly... Rex doesn't t- talk much about sheep being stupid. Fly talks about it a lot on his behalf. But Fly says sheep are stupid. You have to be aggressive to them because they're so stupid. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the movie, we kind of think, like, what's her problem? Babe's talking to the sheep, fine. Mm -hmm. And then we get this story of how Rex would have been a championship sheepdog. Uh, He tried to stay with the sheep out of loyalty to the farmer and to the sheep. Mm -hmm. They all drowned and he damaged his hearing because they were too stupid to know that he was there helping them. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what sheep are like. Yep. Also, what people are like, not probably in that specific circumstance, but the like, I don't trust you, so I'm not going to come just because you say I'm going, say to come, even when you are working in my best interest. And there's an element, too, of like, they're not stupid, they're just other from each other. Mm -hmm. They don't understand each other on equal terms, and so they can't, they... In a moment of crisis, they can't communicate. Yes. And that damages the relationship between them for the whole rest of their lives, and it's a perpetuating system so that the next generation yeah. and the next generation, and it's based on the last generation. Yeah. But I love this moment where we see that it's not based on nothing. Mm-hmm.
1: And the moment where, like, the wild dogs attack. And so there is a basis for, like, all wolves by dogs are evil, or all vicious, because they experience these actual vicious wild
0: dogs. And even, yeah, absolutely. And even from the sheep's perspective, Fly and Rex are vicious to them. Mm-hmm. And they insult them and call them names. And uh, we don't see Rex or Fly ever actually biting them. But, but Fly they talk about talks them. about tells babe to bite them Mm -hmm. and so we know that the sheep are bitten and attacked by dogs and that even the dogs that are good from our perspective are cruel to the sheep from their perspective yeah hashtag not all dogs like (laughs) seriously yeah absolutely and dogs get used by humans to herd the sheep but it's not the sheep are not wrong that the dogs are predators Mm -hmm. right and i'm bringing it into like language of predators and social human social interactions but it's Mm -hmm. like these one good dog still needs to account for and cope with and uh take into account the behavior of all the other dogs you can't just say i'm not like the other dogs Mm -hmm. absolutely i think that's all like complex and so interesting Mm -hmm. in this movie absolutely absolutely
1: there's one thing i forgot to bring up when we were talking about uh men and women's roles, is I love that the cat, when the cat, when they're, the cat is basically evil, Mm -hmm. the bad cat.
0: As all cats are.
1: No, (laughs) (laughs) that's not true.
0: Hashtag not all cats.
1: (laughs) Hashtag not all cats. Um, But this cat specifically, and even they lampshaded in the movie that this cat specifically is an evil cat. But she talks about... They all we all talk about the boss, and the boss is the farmer, except the cat talks about the boss and the boss's husband, because to her, the boss right. is Mrs. Hoggett, because she lives indoors, and her boss is the woman. I love that, that uh, juxtaposition of inversion. The inversion. Yeah, I love the inversion of the farmer's wife thinks of herself differently.
0: That is a really good moment. Yeah, it goes by so quick I had forgotten it till you said it. Mm -hmm. But that's really true. Now you've brought that up, I thought of another thing I wanted to talk about seriously before we wrap up, and Mm -hmm. it is this. A lot of the plot of the movie revolves around how humans eat animals. Mm. The duck learns to crow like a rooster because anything that's not useful gets eaten. Yep. And specifically, like, humans eat animals, but specifically humans eat unuseful animals. Mm-hmm. And the cat makes that point, which is what reminds me of it now, that yeah. like...
1: Pigs don't have a purpose. Just like ducks don't have a purpose.
0: And that's part of why Babe wants to learn to be a sheep pig so he won't get eaten, which is... One of the many things that makes this reminiscent of Charlotte's Web. Yeah. So here's a question that I have some thoughts about, but I want to hear your thoughts too. How come in books and movies like this, we want to tell a story about how pigs don't get eaten, but we still eat chickens and uh, like, can you think of even one story about a chicken being saved from being eaten because Ch- it was... Chicken run. Oh Yeah, yeah, it's chicken run. Okay. They run away, so they are not eaten. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> My point, though. But yeah, is is pigs? It's always pigs because they're mammals and because yeah. they're cute. Yeah. Because there is a real hypocrisy inherent in both meat eating and in a certain kind of vegetarianism that doesn't want to eat cute animals. That mm-hmm. doesn't like I. I'm fine with eating a stupid chicken. But I don't want to eat a pig. And I just heard about a blog. That's not. I didn't even read it. But I heard about a blog of like an urban farmer who had chickens in his yard and didn't have trouble with it. And then he got some piglets and couldn't bring himself to slaughter a pig. And then wrote a blog about it. Yeah. So I had in my head this real life thing. And then there's this movie. And there's Charlotte's Web. And there's like.
1: Is there anything else? There's just the two that I can. There's just the two
0: I can think of. Yeah. Okay. Okay, it's not okay. Fine, <laughs> just the two.
1: It's pro vegetarian, I think. Except they the eat end. a
0: goose, and that's not a problem.
1: It is. I mean, this oh, is a eat problem? A duck. They eat a duck. It is a problem for Ferdinand. He's really upset. Yeah, but is the movie upset? Maybe not. I don't know. It is that pigs are cute. Yeah, I think. I think a, a big part of it is that pigs, especially piglets, are really cute. And, and pigs we don't are wanna... smart,
0: and you can tell that they're smart. Even, like, yep. obviously there were trained piglets as well as animatronics, and you can tell that the pigs are smart. Yeah, exactly. And there's but a... they're also delicious. There's a real moral question behind, like, do you... Is it okay to eat meat in general? But also, is it o- less okay if the meat is cute? Mm-hmm. Is it less okay if the meat is intelligent? At what point does it become wrong to eat meat, is a thing that this movie kind of gestures at Mm -hmm. but doesn't want to take seriously because it doesn't want to take seriously that once you start asking that, it's hard to land anywhere, but most of the time it's not okay to eat meat. Yeah, absolutely. And specifically, like, the answer that this movie textually gives, I'm interested in whether you think it's what the movie thinks and whether you think it's a defensible position, but the... The text of the movie seems to be that it's okay to eat... It's okay and morally right to eat animals that are useless. hmm Or at least that's what the animals think.
1: That's what the animals think. But she talks about the cows give milk and the chickens give eggs, but they definitely eat beef and chicken.
0: Yeah. Is it okay to eat from... Like... And is there also, if we're going to really keep going way too seriously... Is there a sense in that animals that aren't useful get eaten? Is there a sense where we can move that on to humans and say humans that aren't useful don't deserve to exist in society, right? You need to Mm. not just have a destiny, but you need to, the metaphor, you need to, I don't think this movie is suggesting eating people, but it is possibly maybe suggesting or maybe just like raising the question of like destiny and purpose and usefulness. Yeah. And if you can't find a way to be useful, you don't deserve to exist. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's a problem. It because is. that's not in terms of humans, that's not okay at all.
0: Cuz there are people who aren't productive members of society.
1: And many people who can't be. Exactly. Of, I mean, yeah. When any I say any, aren't, any number of reasons why you
0: and we talk about productive members of society, but, like, there needs to be space in society also for members who aren't productive. hmm Absolutely. For all kinds of reasons. Everything from children to uh, uh, the elderly to people with any number of disabilities, disabilities to the lazy... <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't group us in with that.
1: <laughs> don't, don't group us lazies in with this. <laughs> because um. we really can not get out of
0: that. Okay, yeah. We're yeah. just lazy. But I think those are some more questions that the movie is really uh, raising. I'm just interested in that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, don't eat meat and get a job, you bum.
1: <laughs> I think that's what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did literally eat ham pizza while watching this movie, and I felt a little bad.
0: But the kids didn't even care. I know. Last time we watched, when we watched Charlotte's Web, we also ate meat. You didn't watch it. it we just read the book. We read the book. We al- we did watch it at one point yeah. years ago.
1: Maybe I don't remember watching that movie. I
0: hated it so much that it, I've liked. Maybe we didn't even finish it. I
1: feel like we turned it on and turned it off again because we because it was hated it so much. much.
0: Okay, but we read Charlotte's Web to our kids and then, like, had pork chops right after we finished it and our daughter, like, cried. We like to torture our children. I know. But, uh, yeah, we had ham. We had pizza with two kinds of pig meat. <laughs> yep. And the kids didn't care. Nope.
1: This and world. even acknowledged it. Like, definitely our older daughter acknowledged it. And we are very very, uh, open with our kids about what meat is. And if you choose, if you decide that you don't want to eat this, we'll support that because we're not going to pretend like it's not meat. Yeah. We're not going to pretend like I'm not going to like say that's not a pig on your, on your pizza right now.
0: Or pretend that it's not a pig that once was alive and now isn't in time yeah. so that you could eat it. Yeah, like, exactly. You have to make your peace with that. Yeah. Or not eat meat. Or not eat meat. We think we've raised this before.
1: Have we? Okay. When we talked yeah.
0: about Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs right. too. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Vegetarianism.
0: It's, it's there in the movies. It is. It comes up because anim- because kids like animals. Mm-hmm. And you have to either admit that animals die to feed you or not admit it. And either way, we're going to call you on it because we take things seriously. Way, way too way too seriously. way too seriously. So if you have some way too seriously thoughts, where can one contact us? Po. You can find us, we're most active on Twitter, at WTSCast. You can also find us on Facebook and Reddit and other... In- Instagram? Instagram. We have a very sparsely updated Instagram feed, but if you Instagram us, we'll Instagram you back. If you have something to say to us that's either longer than a tweet or that you don't want to say in the public forum of a tweet, you can email us. Mm-hmm way too seriously cast at gmail.com if you like this podcast you can support it by rating and reviewing us on apple podcasts and even more directly by supporting us on patreon patreon.com slash ClockworksCast. anything else is that all the places to contact I think us and everything that we say us. here at the end of uh <laughs> I still remember how to podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't. What is is podcast? What is podcast?
1: I've been Jan Moffat.
0: I've been Paul Moffat. And uh, if I had words to make a day for you, I'd give you a morning golden and true. That'll do, Pig.
1: It uh, stars James Cromwell and Magda. Mag- it stars James Cromwell and Magda Stubinski, as well as the voice. Is, I'm just like completely lost. Anyway, let me try again. Magda jagged. Stubinski. S Z. S- S- Stubinski. Zubansky? Zubansky? Let's that. go with that. It stars James Cromwell and Magda... Mag, I can't say this name. I'm going to include Magda these at the end Subansky. as an take. Yeah, you are. It stars James Cromwell and Magda Stubansky. Magda Stubansky. It stars... Stubansky.
0: Stubansky. Magda, Magda Stubansky. Subansky. Magda Subansky. Subansky. <laughs> Try it one more time. It
1: stars James Cromwell and Magda Stubansky. <laughs> Stop! I got right that time!
0: <laughs> you got close to it. Right. Maybe that is right. I don't think it's stew. <laughs> just, like, Sue. imagine it's an S. Subansky. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm sorry for Subansky. laughing at you. I cannot, I'm not going to laugh no matter what you do. <laughs> I'm just going to start from the
1: beginning.